down with the king. And now for something completely different. To the Kings of Sport, the program changing the game one show at a time, aka the world's most dangerous podcast, aka iTunes' longest running weekly episodic show produced and hosted by two or more African Americans who are not affiliated with a major network, aka one of the few shows on Spotify that's actually allowed to say that N word. Shout out to Joe Rogan. <laughs> I am the Godfather Nate Milton, and we back. This is episode 299, one away from the milestone, but I can't do it alone. So joining me this week on the program is a friend of the show. Y'all know this man, post-wrestling. Y'all know this man from, from the 2020 twin over at the Kings of Sport Patreon. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up for, for the king of the crypto arena, the professor Chris Ely. Chris, what's good, brother? Hey, what's up, man? I was hoping that my my uh, crow coin, my uh, crypto.com coin was going to uh, go higher than it did on Super Bowl Sunday, but it's <laughs> it's it's stable right now, so I can't complain. I'm surprised that it didn't because there were at least, I counted, Chris, there was at least five crypto commercials yeah. during the damn Super Bowl, man. 
Right, right, man. I do think it's gonna be up soon, but I mean, it's it's it's, it's you gotta have to hold it for a while, man. It's gonna go up and down mm. and up and down. You gotta hold that mess until you know. It's it's a lot of patience. Yeah, that's yes. all I gotta say. Yeah. Well, speaking of patience, man, I can't wait any longer to talk about the Super Bowl. But before we get to the Super Bowl, Chris, before we get to the football, we got breaking news, Chris. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it. This just came across the wire. So much going on in the world of professional wrestling. And I look at I looked at the situation, Chris. I look at what's going on and I can't understand what's going on. I know you have questions about what's going on. It, it just kind of makes us say, what the hell, man? And so. To help us kind of figure things out, we need to go to our official What the Hell correspondent, a brother that I hope can provide us some insight on all things going on in the world of professional wrestling, particularly when it pertains to AW, where we had one BIPOC star come into the company in Keith Lee, and, and we getting one BIPOC legend leaving the company. And, of course, that is the one and only Cody Devontae Rhodes. So helping us figure all this out, from the torch, you know this man, you love this man, Rich fan, brother Rich. What's good, man? What's good, guys? I was about to say, uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation as long as I haven't kept myself mute, but I did. Um, <laughs> Devontae wept. I mean, this is this is that time we got to pull one out for a legend. But what when one door closes, another window opens. Now we're gonna see, you know, in Black History Month. The return of dashing ally Cody Rhodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this story is so crazy, Rich. Like, and and again, like I'm somebody when I hear things like this, I'm somebody that that tends to wait because there's a lot, there's a lot of chatter in in this space, that, as you know, Rich. And it's like I I don't believe it until I see it. But but this this Cody story, man, got some legs to it. So. What do you make of the story from, you know, maybe the journalistic perspective? Like, like is, like, what's your take on this? Like, is it the right move? Like, what, what's your opinion on this whole thing, man? Because I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to think, Rich. Like, I don't know what, Malio, maybe it's because I'm, like, so hurt that Devontae is leaving us when he brought us to the mountaintop and he's not going, you know, come into the promised land with us. But well, what's your take, man? I think it makes a lot of sense. I talked with this with Wade, my editor, publisher, boss man, uh, at the Torch uh, a few hours ago, actually a few days ago, about the fact that, frankly, Cody needed more than what he was getting from AEW. The biggest question for him was once Tony took over booking, if you remember sitting in on a, those first couple of interviews Cody did, and that's one thing I'm going to miss because I thought he was very vulnerable during those press conferences and very open to questions in a way that I think a lot of folks haven't been historically in wrestling. And so we're losing that, but for him, once he lost booking and once Tony kind of took care of the shop by himself, that was the thing. Cody always talked about the idea of music and writing your own music, and when he could only write music for himself and maybe for uh the folks in the Codyverse, as we've lovingly started to put the section where he was in, uh, I think. And, and, and as an aside, I think people shouldn't look at it as a negative. I think all of them have their own verses. Like the Kenny verse is all the silliness he was doing with uh, Cyrus, or the Bucks verse is the fact that everyone needs to be read up on everything that happened with the Bullet Club prior to seven minutes ago, or you won't know what's going on. And so I, I, I thought Cody kind of got out of all the EVPs the shortest shrift 
because he got put in a position where people looked at him as if he was the sole person that was like out of whack when it really was everyone else and they all had their issues um and then just honestly i mentioned this with wade as well he's dusty Rhodes's kid yep. like if there's anyone who's smart enough to realize if you have a forbidden door it should go both ways it's going to be a guy that's the son of the son of a plumber and so him coming he's going to make a good bit of more money than he would have he's going to be that guy that can be the example of hey if you come over here with us we got some fun times for you and then he also can be the guy that uh, uh, as Wade so eloquently put uh, gently send the text hey brother Nate noticed you haven't been on Dynamite in a few weeks. Just wanted to see how you're doing, see if there's anything I can do for you, yep. and make sure, oh, looks like my chicken's a little raw. Uh, I might have to smack down on that patty before I put it into uh, the oven. Anywho, just checking in. Love and kisses, Devante. Yo, I, th- I think two points, Rich, to what you're saying, and then uh, I can turn it over to Chris. I think, number one, when you look at what Cody did to help create this not only the climate, but also AW as a company. Uh, like you, his importance, I don't think can be understated. Even though, as you mentioned, Tony's had more control over what's going on on the screen, and Cody's kind of in his pocket universe along with some of these other guys. I think Cody's importance can't be understated. And the second thing, and I'll turn this over to Chris. Chris, I, I, you know, we all know you a businessman. You out here dealing this crypto. Uh, Cody made a pimp decision in terms of business. Because Cody's, I don't know if leverage is the word, Chris, but but I think Cody realized he was never going to be as coveted a commodity as he is right now, most likely. And so if there's any time to move, maybe now is the time to move when, A, as Rich said, maybe he's not the happiest with AEW, and B, he can make a whole lot of paper off events right now. Yeah, man. Um, this, um, I've been riding a roller coaster of emotions with uh <laughs> cody going to like potentially going back to the wwe and leaving aew um i just really been trying to wrap um my um hands around the emotions that i feel over this because this is definitely something i didn't see coming even when he announced on tv that he was a free agent I, I still didn't see it coming. I, and now, um, I'm always of the school of, you know, until pen is put to paper, mm-hmm. um, it ain't real. And um, so him leaving AEW doesn't surprise me from that standpoint. But I've always uh, said, um, said on this program and on our on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates program, a, in a robust wrestling industry you're gonna have the two-way traffic you're not Mm. it's not gonna be just everybody going to aew some of the aew people are gonna need to go to wwe that's what makes this industry the industry you want to get to and if wwe's firing everybody and aew's hiring them or if everyone's just leaving wwe and aew's hiring them that the, the, it's interesting at first, but it can get old really fast. Um, this does like kind of inject the wrestling industry with some life it just hasn't had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he stole the um, 
the fact that we had a month where The Rock was prominent in the news and Stone Cold Steve Austin is prominent in the news and (laughs) Cody Rhodes just stole both of their thunder (laughs) like that. That's just amazing to me, man. And uh, also it proves that um, we always say Vince McMahon is not your friend. Um, Tony Khan, I'm not saying he's not friendly with wrestlers but tony mm. khan is running a business yeah and he's gonna run that business the best way he sees fit um to piggyback off the the leo rush conversation we were having you're you're not gonna be strong arming tony khan that's just not happening no if if tony khan feels that his his business should be ran a certain way then guess what it's gonna be ran that way mm-hmm. you know and and so to to that point, Rich, like I think that it is really interesting because we've got Cody departing, and as I mentioned earlier, we've got you know people like Keith Lee coming into AEW, and so this, if if we want to go the Marvel route, is this phase two of AEW that we're now entering, where we had the establishment with the EVPs, and you know we 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 had a foundation that was laid, and now. We're starting to see some of the old guard of AW depart for various reasons, and we're getting new people on the shows. And is 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 this a good thing in, in your opinion? I think it is. I think the growth that needed to happen with AEW, Wade always talks about the idea of the next million when it comes to finding viewers and finding fans. And you're not going to get there until you start to make the evolutions that you're talking about. You mentioned Phase 2 with Marvel. That's a great design. I was just talking with a co-worker uh, before I kicked off my lunch break about the fact that uh, thanks to that Dr. Strange uh, trailer, everyone's talking about the the ramifications of what if and right. uh, the Illuminati and what if Tom Cruise is in this and all this other stuff. Same thing with AEW and WWE. As you grow, you have the ability to pull other people in that heretofore may not have wanted to. And then I want to give a shout out because heretofore is definitely a Doctor Strange quote from uh, Avengers. Uh, just because I like I, I, heretofore is just such a strange word to use. Uh, but with Cody, he needed to go. When you get when you come in, I likened it to like a football team. We're going to talk football a little bit. Um, when you have the when you're the star running back, or actually, I used I used this example for any Eagles fans out there. Mm. When Fred X was on the Eagles, mm. and he was the number one receiver, and then To shows up, and Fred's still chirping about he needs to get more touches, right. he needs to get more targets. To's on the other side. That. You can't do it. That, that can't happen. And so same thing with Cody. You were the man. You were getting you were going over the middle. You were making catches. You were just you were just the man. And then all of a sudden CM Punk shows up. And then a while Brian Danielson appears. And then you got Malachi Black and it's like all of a sudden you went from the guy getting 170 targets a game to thir- or a season to thirty. Mm. Ball can't go to everybody. Money can't go to everybody. And so on a salary cap, it might not be a uh, collectively bargained one, but in terms of Tony's finances, he knows how much he can spend just like any of us. You're not going to be spending money on, you know, I've, I've been playing Sifu, for instance. I can't spend 60 bucks on Sifu if I don't have my son's shoes. And right. so he has priorities. Tony has priorities. And he can't spend Brian Danielson money 
or I joke, you know, I joke with Wade. It's like when you have your your, your grandma, and it's like we got this at home. Mm-hmm. So at first it was like you got Cody Rhodes, boom, you got it, boom, 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 boom. Then all of a sudden, when you say we got Cody Rhodes at home, and you're looking at CM Punk, or you right. got. Danielson, or you got Keith Lee, or you got whoever else pops up. It's like, oh, maybe we need to make a switch. And it works for him because, like I said, he's going to go WWE and he's going to have an opportunity to go there and look like a star. Like, I think, in terms of matchups, I will, especially because today's, uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but we're recording on a Thursday. I hope that's not spoiling any kayfabe for. Uh, the advocates, no, uh, but but I haven't seen Peacemaker yet. But I want him to go up against John Cena because I want Cody to go in as a heel and say, and John try to be the conciliatory figure that's trying to like, hey man, you welcome back to the WWE. He's like, you want peace? I want war. Mm-hmm. And he slaps him in the face, and John can have that stupid look on his face he does when people slap him in the face, and off we go. Uh, I, I like that so much. And here's the thing, like. Going back to Doctor Strange and that trailer, Cody was probably sitting here like, yo, when Punk makes a move, when Daniel makes a move, when Keith Lee makes a move, they're the hero. When I make a move, I'm the enemy. That's how y'all looking at me. And so... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, B. I got to time out real quick because... I'm not going to allow that to slide by. I cannot do it. Black History Month allow a quote from a woman who enslaved a town. And she tried to make it seem like it was just, I just made an oopsie. Like one hand, one dude made a mistake that may have broken the universe still, may have broken the universe, to help out a kid try to get in college. So this is like, which one is competing idiocy? But you can't make it seem like, I just was trying to get over my dead robot and I enslaved the whole town. That woman was in tears saying, let me see my daughter. Mm. Like if they had the money, I would have paid to have like Cicely Tyson show up and give the real glory tears for that scene just to hit how hard it was. Because Wanda forgets, mm. and she forgets a lot of stuff because you know she probably already probably said no more M words before, mm-hmm. and just happened to you know the multiverse had to like wipe that up because I heard I heard what everybody else heard on that promo, yeah, and I was like if he's here. If he's here, I'm here. I'm in that seat. I got five masks on. I'm going to buy out the row, yep. and I'm going to enjoy. We but good. let me shut up. I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry. No, no, you good. I think, again, like, when we're talking about Cody, though, like, uh, and we can kind of wrap up on Cody here, Chris, because I, I, I am intrigued by this, man. Like, and there's very little about WWE program that intrigues me, uh, unfortunately. Uh, that's not a criticism of the talent. It's more criticism of the creative. But when you take a Cody Rhodes as currently constructed and let's assume that they're not going to put him back in the makeup and make him stardust on day one. If you bring this Cody Rhodes out here and put him in this WWE, there's a lot of interesting things you could do if you want to do those interesting things, Chris. So are you excited about uh, Devante uh, bringing bringing the good word to to the the masses uh, of the WWE universe, brother? Right now, I am excited. I don't think it's going to be long that I'm going to be excited, but right now, I'm excited. I give Vince a month before he screws it up. We'll have a fun month. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing with Cody right now. Cody wasn't just the face of AEW. Mm -hmm. Cody was the face of Turner Networks. This guy, um, out of any personality character whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. 
across Turner platforms, Cody Rhodes, Roads to the Top, is on HBO Max now. Yep. Um, Roads uh, to the Top also comes on TBS. Mm-hmm. The Go Big Show goes back and forth between TBS and TNT and True TV. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was a prominent fixture on those Turner networks. Um, I do think, I truly believe that when it's all said and done, Cody will be back in AEW. Um, I, I just think that will, I think, I don't look at him going to WWE as a homecoming. I look at him. It's, it's as, a pilgrimage. Yeah. I look at it as a pilgrimage, an odyssey, if you will. Mm. I don't look at it as him staying there for a long time. I think he'll get at least one of WWE's world titles while he's there at least one time. I think that will happen. Um, and then I think, you know, he'll, I, I think, I think there's a bit of underappreciation on both sides with Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. and Tony Khan. I don't think they appreciate each other the way they should. I think Tony Khan, if, if Tony Khan thought Cody Rhodes is expendable, mm-hmm. that's just not true. Um, Cody Rhodes is a big deal at AEW. Um, if Cody Rhodes thinks that on top of whatever he makes for the Go Big Show and um, Rhodes to the top, Rhodes to the top. If on top of that he needs a raise at AEW, I, I think he's overestimating himself just a little bit, man. Mm. Is, is the world not enough for you, dude? You know, <laughs> um, like. Cody on that Tony Montana. Yeah, it's like, dude, the the, the Turner Networks love this guy. And I'm sure he's getting paid, you know, some millions to be in AEW. And then on top of that, he's on the Go Big Show and Roads to the Top. This dude is getting paid. So maybe it is just a creative thing. But Mm -hmm. um, I think that... um, he will ultimately end up back in AEW after a good year or two um, in WWE. Um, and uh, I think once he sees that WWE is still the same old WWE, <laughs> I think when when uh, Tony Khan realizes, you know, Cody Rhodes really did make my job a lot easier, um, they'll find their way back to each other. Mm. I, I think I think eventually they will. But here's the thing, Rich, and I'll give you the last word on uh, Brother Devontae because, you know, we talk about world title matches. We talk about this. We talk about that. Everybody knows what the end game is here. I'm like Dr. Strange again, Rich. I done looked at all the possibilities out there. This can only end one way. WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes and Brandy versus Triple H and Stephanie. Book it. Get the money. Next year in L.A. Can't have a better match. Can't have a better setup. Nothing would be finer than Triple H coming out. And you hear the King of Kings. And he ascends on a throne. And then you have a broken throne and you hear Downstate Kingdom. And Triple H and and Cody just have a bloodbath for about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's, it's, it's wrestling has always had more than one royal family as soon as you hear that in WWE your brain's gonna break Right. I personally 
and I apologize for any listeners for their mics or my mic peeking in a minute, but I want to hear, whoa, <laughs> you only smoke in mirrors. Like, I, I want, I want, I want, if only, like, I fell in love with, I, I'll be honest, when Cody was in WWE, I was kind of wish-washy on him, especially when they were with Legacy. I actually was always more of a, um, uh, uh, who was it, the other one, not Randy. Oh, uh, Ted DiBiase. Uh, Ted, Ted Junior. I was always a Ted Junior guy, and then John Cena had that uh, twenty four where he was in the back saying, "Wow, there goes Cody Rhodes," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> if John Cena is the top guy in the company and he's like singing your theme song because he likes you that much, I'm in. I'm in. Just like with, just like with Big E when he was in um, FCW. And Cena had him on one of those videos yeah, when he was setting a powerlifting record. Yeah. And he was like, this guy, he's got it. Like, if Cena sees you, I see you. Because nobody can see him. Right. And, <laughs> and, and I don't want it to... I, I do think we need to talk about Brandy Rhodes a little bit in this. Mm. Um, because I don't think she gets the credit she deserves for AEW. Um, no, she doesn't. I, I know that Wade Keller said that she wasn't too liked by people in um, AEW. The people that I have talked to mm-hmm. um, that are associated with AEW, if, whether they did a one-off or are there, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about Brandy Rhodes. In fact, everybody's been saying good stuff about her. She just brokered a deal with the American Heart Association last week. Mm-hmm. And now she's out the company. Um, this woman was smart and she was ahead of the curve on a lot of different things with like Nyla Rose, with Sunny Kiss, with all these like yeah. different diversity initiatives. Um, and her missing from that company does concern me a little bit. It, it, to me, it's, to me, it's, like if Cody is one A, I think Brandy Rhodes is is one B, and I, I, I that's just the way I feel about it yeah. until I hear other until I hear from other people, and I'm gonna I, 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 if Wade Keller does a write up on it or Dave Meltzer, I, I want to hear what people are saying. Um, but yeah, I think that she's um, important, not just as important as Cody Rhodes, but she, she well, she's right. Like she is not like she's not more important than Cody, but I think what she brings to the table is something that can't easily be replaced. Right. You're talking about a woman in a position of power when you're talking about a black woman in a position of power. Like, you can't get that perspective from just another white dude that you put in that spot. Like, that's not going to replace or duplicate or replicate what Brandy Rhodes meant to the company. Right, exactly. So, um, good, you know, happy trails to both of them. I hope they you know, do their thing in WWE. Um, I, like I said, I don't get that brand Devante. I, I understand how, I mean, again, a robust wrestling industry, you're going to have the back and forth. If, if, if um, Tony Khan that says, nah, we're good. Cody and Brandy, we've done what we needed to do. If Cody Rhodes is like, look, man, I'm after the bag and yeah. you guys aren't giving me the bag that I want or the creative freedom that I want. He's well within his rights to go to WWE and, and do what there there no one is wrong in this situation. Yes, and I did want to give Rich a chance to reply in terms of uh, the story or the what was said by Wade. Uh, you know, given that you work with the brother, uh, any clarity on that, uh, Rich? 
Yeah, sure. So from a man from from the wild side of Minnesota, I think, <laughs> and I, I put up on my free side, I, it should be coming up at some point, like, don't trust the aggregators. And what I mean by that is it's the folks who don't take the time. When you look at the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson, he goes through and he meticulously transcribes what is going on in an interview. And when he puts it up on post, you see what the person said. Uh, there had been a couple of aggregator websites that took part of what Wade said. It, everyone hated Brandy or no one liked Brandy. The quote was, no one in the five or six hours I talked on the phone today or texted had something to say positively about Brandy. So that's more about the circle of people being questioned right. than the status on the whole. Just like you just said, Doc, where you're talking about from who you talk to. There wasn't a negative thing. It's and I loved how Cam put it. Like when you're at every, all of us know when you're working somewhere, there's gonna be people that have stuff for you, against you, whatever. But it depends on who's talking to them, the mood they're in, and how much they're willing to talk. You know, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I think people get a little like I know now the Rose got really fr frustrated and we wound up doing another audio just to because Cody called him and that's the that is the best thing about working for someone like him or John away. When you have the relationship with the people and something comes out, the person can call you and say, here's what I, my side of it is. And then you can say, this is what Cody told me. And that's what he did. And Cody got to rebut some of those points. It, and it, what gets murky is when you're the person who hides behind, uh, you know, a pseudonym or something like that. And then you, I stand by my story. It's like, I don't know who you are to stand. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, That's yes. so true, man. Yo, good, great point right there by Rich. And uh, again, this this conversation ain't over. Like, this is just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, like, so much going on <laughs> again with, with Brother Devontae. We're we going to see what's going on with him and Sister Brandy. But uh, for now, we're going to return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And your regularly scheduled programming, of course, this time of year. Chris, we talking about the Super Bowl and your new reigning undisputed Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams and that boy Matt Stafford, who had maybe the biggest, the biggest come up in one year of anybody in the country right now. Uh, I know Rich has got some thoughts on, on the game, but I'll let you go first, Chris, since you are uh a Rams fan in quotation marks. <laughs> uh, well, what'd you think about the game and what do you think about the Rams, man? Um, I, you know, the game had some, some boring parts to it, but it also had some parts that got me real excited. Um, I love the way the uh, Bengals were able to kind of come back on the Rams and make the game interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I like, cause I, it did for uh, the first couple quarters, it did start looking like the Rams were going to, uh, probably run yeah. away with right, right up until uh Odell Beckham got hurt. Like it looked right. like if, if he had stayed in the game, I think it might have been a runaway. Yeah, exactly. And then um when um when uh OBJ got hurt, it was like okay, this game is interesting now. Mm -hmm. And then um I was very, very uh because I, I like I said I've never been a Rams fan. Um but um I um I, I I at least appreciated what they bought to the to the game. That means as soon as they won, Chris hit that Homer Simpson and dipped into the bushes and came back out with a with a Cooper Cup jersey. 
<laughs> and they yeah, right. And, and the thing about it too is um they beat I mean they beat the the um Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. they beat the Niners. I mean, th- this wasn't an easy road for them to get to the Super Bowl. They beat some quality teams yeah. and uh won the Super Bowl. So um I have to give them their props. I think my girlfriend is is a Rams fan now. She was always a Chargers fan. But I think, you know, the Super Bowl um, atmosphere kind of, you know, got to her. And um, she's like, oh, football teams can actually win in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was just uh, – <laughs> so it was it was a good – it's a good feeling right now yeah. for the city of L.A. I'm happy for the city of L.A. Um, maybe one day I could be a Rams fan or um, – <laughs> uh, LA team fan right now it's just they've been gone for so long it's still kind of it's 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 some readjusting you know Mm. what what about you Rich because I I agree with Chris like I think if we're just looking at it from a game perspective it was probably one of the better Super Bowls that we've seen uh but you know I think like you got to give credit to the Bengals and Joe Burrow that that man Jojo because he took them seven sacks. He was out there looking like Matt Shaw back in the day with the Texans. No line protection. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting when you look at the AFC. Because I know that's what you're concerned about, Rich. When you got Joe Burrow, when you got Jaheim Allen, when you got whatever the Steelers end up doing, when you got Patrick Mahomes and them boys in Kansas City. Like, I think this is going to be, like, the changing of the guard, if you will, where the Bradys of the world, they, they done. Like hopefully, hopefully he ain't coming back. Uh, but but we we talking about these new cats on the block. Well, I think in the AFC, you have so many young guys, and that's going to be right for all Lamar the sports Jackson, talk conversations. Yeah, everybody forgetting about Lamar. You got Lamar, you got Burrow, you got Herbert, you got mm. Mahomes, you got uh, maybe Baker. I don't yeah. think Baker. I don't. I don't it's fine. What, it's whatever fine. happens with Deshaun, who knows? Whatever, yeah, whatever happens. Yeah, like Deshaun's thing. And, then, and you know, most indications from stuff that people like Rappaport and company I trust have been saying is he's looking to get into the NFC because he's not a stupid man. I mean, seeing all the allegations against him, I'm going to say not entirely stupid, but, you know, we'll, we'll leave that for the courts and for him to mm-hmm. try to meander his way out. Um, but, yeah, it's. It's interesting because Burrow looked like Willem Dafoe in Platoon, the way he was getting lit up in that Super Bowl. And my man Aaron Donald hailed the pit. I got, let me make sure I got the right one. Yep, there we go. Uh, and then this isn't, I just want folks for the record to know, this isn't like me being uh, self centered enough to have my jacket on with my own name on it. This is my son's. So. Uh, I, I was like, no, we don't have our own torch hockey league, just to let y'all know. Um, <laughs> It's, I mean, I know Wade's in Minnesota, but I'm not. Um, I think that the AFC is going to be tough because it's the I, – I use the Batman uh, knife fight analogy or tryouts. Like, basically, you break the pool cue, throw it down, and you're like, we're going to have some – we're doing some aggressive recruitment, and we're going to have a little bit of a tryout. And these quarterbacks are going to be digging each other. I think the biggest uh, thing I've learned from this process is in the four-year Mahomes have been starter. He's been the AFC championship. But that doesn't mean he's going to always get to the Super Bowl. He might lose in the divisional. He might. You know, Brady, people forget for all of the Super Bowl accolades, he's had some horrifically bad losses. Like you mentioned, the Ravens. Remember the Ravens mollywopped that man with Ray Rice 
in a, in a wild card game like 10 years ago. Uh, same thing's going to happen with Mahomes at some point. It, ha- it happens to everybody. You know, time makes cowards of us all. Uh, but I think on the NFC side, it is two years in a row where a mercenary quarterback joined for a year, got to play at home in the Super Bowl, and won. And I am disturbed because that means my main man, Kyler Murray, better watch his back because Tom Brady might get himself traded to Arizona and we're going to have a problem. Yo, Brady, like nobody knows what's going on with your man A.A. Ron out there in Green Bay. Like where could he end up? And, and so like I think you have to give credit to the Rams for going all in. They're like, we're going to win now. We don't know. Like we're going to be good for the next year, maybe two years, but – who knows after that, but we're going to go all in now. And damn the draft picks, damn the future. We're going to get this chip now while it's there to be got. Right. Uh, particularly when you look, like you said, Rich, when you look at a team like Kansas City, who I think if they continue to find the ability to reload, they're always going to be in the mix. Like they might not always get to the Super Bowl, but they're always going to be in the mix as long as Mahomes is healthy and as long as you've got at least some – semblance of a defense like a passable defense they're going to be in the mix but the competition man it, it's 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 getting up there man it's intense particularly and then we can use this to pivot to another point i want to talk about about the national football league rich fan when you got somebody with the with the pedigree with the caliber of, of a resume as lovey smith coming back to the houston texans <laughs> lovey smith back in the game we got Two and a half. Here's the thing, Rich. I don't know if I want to be petty. Like, is it two and a half, two and a quarter? Black coaches now, because we got Mike Tomlin, we got Lovey Smith, and I think Mike McDaniel in Miami is a quarter black. I think. Like his dad's black, grandma's black, mom I think is white. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to him. Like, and Mike, I, I want to jump into Mike because Mike is a good conversation because Mike, when that happened. A lot of people got mad and was like, this is, like, how dare you? And my response actually was the opposite. It was like, because the first thing they did was folks found a picture of him with his wife. And they were like, oh, see, yeah, he ain't really black. I was like, how many black folk you know that are married to non-black people? Like, right. until I married my wife, I dated exclusively, like, Eastern European people because that's where I lived and worked. Like, that's not me denying my blackness. That's the pool of people available that I am attracted to in the in a given environment. Um, I think for him, it was really interesting that he had to have at the ready like the big Joker yes, for his yeah. players. Like, here's my family photo. Like, <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not like um, homeboy in uh, Get Out, where it's like, yeah, I'd have voted for Obama third term if I could. He is literally like, no. Here's my dad. Here's my mom. Here's my grandma. Like, I'm in. And I'm the only one who looks like this in my family. Like, I could not imagine that. We're we're talking about the coach in Miami, right? Yeah, the new coach. This is my problem with him, and it's not necessarily with him, but there are people that just do not know how to articulate themselves when they talk to the media. He gave a long-ass answer to um, a question that didn't have to be that hard in my opinion. I mean, to me, I would have just said, look, I don't know what that particular experience is like because this is the way I look. And I think people would have been fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you, when you like circle the block a couple times to just go next door, 
is <laughs> the problem that people had with that. Because I'm like uh, Rich, I didn't have a problem with what he said. I just kind of like it, it. Just seemed like you know, just just too long of an answer. And I think that this is this is where kind of media coaching mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. might help out. You know, <laughs> just be. Or find whoever wrote that article for him on the 49ers. If you look a couple of years ago, he addressed this and no one paid attention to it. The only reason right. it came out was because that zombie dead spin. Again, never trust those news with 8Z sites or those places that look like they used to be a website, but now they're not. Um, they were like, oh, man, he's an example of another white coach. It's like, actually, the 49ers, that article where he talked about the fact, like, I don't look like the rest of my family, and that's something I had to reckon with for most of my life. So football was the place where I figured that out. And to Chris's point, he needs media training to make that explanation because guess what the best place for him to have that conversation is freaking miami mm. like everybody's dating everybody there are so many it's a it's a new york would have been the only other place where it's a melting pot to the point where cultures are going to intertwine and you can understand and that's where you know wrestling comes in a little bit with it because i absolutely my blood pressure skyrockets the kill bill bang, like starts going in my head whenever someone starts at the rock is in black conversation because yes. when you talk talking about Dwayne freaking Johnson and you ask Warren Sapp on that my on Miami again Miami it's all coming back to Miami when you go talk to Warren Sapp or any of those guys that are on the Miami line about Dwayne Johnson they got different stories than the ones you have about the rock mm-hmm. right and and that's part of it's cold switching but also part of it is he was allowed to show that part of himself on television in a way that pro wrestling would never. The guy who threatened to rip out a dude's tongue in a weight room is never going to show up on Raw except for the one time Cena pointed out he had stuff written on his hand. That was the only nanosecond I saw that Dwayne Johnson. And I was like, John Cena is about to kick that work. And I don't know if he's ready to have his arm ripped off and beaten on national television, nope. but I'm about to do it. And I think for me, Rich, like, again, I don't have a problem with uh, McDaniel being hired. My issue with this is it feels like something the NFL does often, which is we'll address a problem in the moment, but not really address the root issue. Yeah. Where I think, you know, now, like, it's good that we've got three black head coaches in the league. But did you really fix anything, you know, other than the numbers? Did you really fix anything? Did you really fix the root of what uh, Brian Flores is uh grievance was did you really fix the root of the stories we've heard over the years from people like jim caldwell uh the stories we've heard from uh people like uh who's a who's a man uh that just came out former browns coach hugh jackson hugh jackson uh uh you know are you addressing some of those concerns and i don't think that this actually addresses that because i don't think the nfl actually cares yeah i think if anything the owner accidentally realized he stumbled into another black coach Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, it is me. Like, oh, wow. It's funny how that happened. Like, like, oh, man. Like, I found a 20 in my back pocket after I got a parking ticket for 10. Like, all right, I'm making out. Yeah. It's like, like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, I actually did something right? (laughs) Yeah. And with the Flores stuff, you know, I'm the kind of person that likes to let a story breathe before um, I'm just, you know, going to go in on one way or the other. That was how I did with the with the Leo Rush Tony Khan story. That's how I did with this. But you can't say Brian Flores doesn't have an argument mm-hmm. <laughs> after that kind of mess up. And you were trying to text literally the coach that got hired for the job. Right. Congratulations. 
you know, with Belichick. It's, it is, and then what? What else is this black man supposed to think? Is what and, I want to know. And the thing that gets me, Rich, is like people, and it's it's a cyclical thing because black coaches tend to be hired like Mike Tomlin's kind of the outlier because he was set up in a great organization with a great ownership that has only had three coaches in their history every other black coach got to start with the worst team with the worst collection of players and then their record gets held against them like what did you expect them to do like the fact that Brian Flores got five wins in that first season with a team that everybody thought might go winless like that's a that's a pretty good accomplishment. It's not a winning record, but you did the best you could with the talent that was assembled. Yeah, and you think about the allocations he made in the suit about the owner kind of saying, hey, it wouldn't be a shame if you kept losing, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do that, or arranging a meeting with, again, our favorite quarterback, Tom Brady, accidentally, and then as soon as Flores realized what it was, got up and left. Yep. And those sorts of things, that points more to, the, again, like you said, the ownership and their issues, less the potential shortfallings of a uh, coach. Like, for instance, I love Hugh Jackson. I think he's a great coach. I think he got a lot of a uh, short end of a stick, and I don't like the conversations about his intelligence that usually comes into things mm. when people critique him, especially as a guy who went from being an option quarterback to learning the West Coast offense to running defense for a little bit on the Bengals is he Marvin Lewis had his back and tried to rehab him and then flipping back to offense and went in a Super Bowl with the Ravens mm-hmm. um, I think the issue with him though is the company he keeps is going to detract from what he has as a strong argument and what I mean by that is I don't know if you saw the news but he's currently coaching and he's bringing in Art Browse as his offensive coordinator mm. so all the goodwill you built you're now cutting that under, and you're burning it by bringing in a guy with such an unscrupulous character. Yeah. It isn't like he, it's like you know if Tony said, "Hey man, I'm trying to rehab AEW. Keith Lee's gonna be world champ. I'm gonna make his manager Terry Bollea." <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna work for me, brother. And he's like, I, he looks at him and he's like, "Brooklyn Tatum." <laughs> And I think the other thing, too, like, I, I love that that point that you brought up, Rich, because my go-to is always Jim Caldwell with the Lions. Because it's like, man, come on. Like, if if you see a situation, like, five years before somebody gets there and look at it five years after that person leaves and it's in the same spot, maybe it wasn't that person's fault that this organization has been a dumpster fire. Like, right. And, and so, like, like Lovey, Lovey Smith's not going to get anything done in, in – uh, Houston, particularly if he doesn't have a quarterback as much. Like, I love Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor's been underrated for most of his career. But Tyrod Taylor at this stage of his career is not the answer. Neither is the kid they got behind him. So if he doesn't have a quarterback, as we've seen, uh, you know, in this league, Rich, with, you know, the Rams swapping out Jared Goff for Matt Stafford, a quarterback can make a difference. As we saw with, you know, Jameis Winston being swapped out for Tom Brady, a quarterback can make a difference. So if you don't have one of those dudes, you're probably not going to be very successful. And if you're black, you probably were put in a place that wasn't going to succeed anyway, regardless of (laughs) who was the head coach. Yeah, no argument here, man. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. It's going to be one of those, like, I think about um, Eric Bieniemy yeah. and his qualifications. And it's funny because, again, 
football and pro wrestling fall into a lot of the same clubs when it comes to rumor, innuendo, and right. stupidity. There was a anonymous, again, going back to always that anonymous dude, there was an anonymous editorial written yesterday that alleged that Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Andy Reid didn't get along, and that Bieniemy basically was bullying the other two men and led to the Chiefs' downfall. And I don't know, like, a lot of people on Twitter just, like, same thing when they misread Wade's stuff, like, got up in arms, and my first thing was, like, clearly the people upset have never played or coached football in their life or any competitive sport. If you're in the heat of a moment, you're going to yell at each other, especially in football. If you're on a headset, I've been an offensive coordinator for years. I've been an assistant. I've had the headset on. I have had it off. You will yell and scream and fuss and cuss and whatever, and then after the game, everybody's cool. Yeah. The fact that folks on the outside see that and like, okay, two years ago, uh, Travis Kelsey got shoved by the enemy, and now in the AFC Championship game, they lost to the Bengals. See what happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. And hold on, let me let me let me let me hop in on this real quick, Chris, because the thing yeah. that always gets me, and I love that I love that you went there, Rich. The passion, quote unquote, is always received differently depending on the messenger, because. We saw it when Flores left. The first thing the Dolphins did was put out this stuff that he was hard to get along with. He, he, you know, the, he rubbed the players the wrong way. The staff didn't like him. Uh, you know, he was too aggressive. You know, it's like, but when you have some of these white coaches that are built in the same vein, the Bill Parcells of the world, you know, it, that's, that's just coaching. You know, uh, we can look at it with players. One of my, one of the things I always go back to, Rich, it has stuck with me all these years later is when Donovan McNabb was like at the peak of Donovan McNabb in Philly and he ended up, he was like yelling at some of his receivers. Maybe he was yelling at Fred X and people were like, man, look, that's unprofessional. Same weekend, Tom Brady is yelling at Gronk or uh, I don't know if Aaron Hernandez was still on the team. Tom Brady yelling at somebody. Look at how much he cares about the game. Yeah. And it's like they doing the same thing, but you receive it different because you, you perceive the two of them differently. And the question, Chris, is why is that? We know the answer. Yeah, it's a exactly. rhetorical question, Chris. Yes, uh, yeah, and I, yeah, that's why I'm going to, you know, just let it sit for a second. But, yeah, I, I do have a problem with this and uh, sports journalism and stuff, you know, especially mm-hmm. um, I know um, that anonymous sources are important to – sports journalism journalism period you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying especially because if someone tells you something um like if i ask people something and these people really don't know me from adam the best way to get them to not trust me is by blabbing well such and such told me this or you know that's mm-hmm. just not good so but but the, the 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 extra layer to this though is writing anonymous articles man like what? What kind of crap is that? You know, it's like sources within the team say that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Because you're leaving everything to speculation, and we know mm-hmm. how this media people's imaginations run wild. So I don't think that that kind of crap is fair at all. And it's a balance, right? Like, yeah. I'll get something from someone. And I learned this from Wade because it's almost like a detective 
video game or something like that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll hear a part of something from someone, and then I'll hear it from someone else, and I can piece, okay, here's the commonality. And then from there, you can kind of take the line of, this is going to be facts. But at the end of the day, as you see here on my name, or for those of you listening, you hear my name is Richard Fam, Rich Fam Pro Wrestling Torch. It isn't, uh, you know, Wrestle Fan 69, and there's a picture of John Cena hugging Randy Orton. Like, when you see my big old dome, and you, or you see my kid, or you hear me talk about something on a podcast, it's me. And so when I say something, and I say I've heard from someone, you can say Rich Fan said something or Rich Fan's dumb. When it's this mysterious figure, yeah. like Claw in Inspector Gadget, like, you, do, you know, I just saw Jeff Allen, former Chiefs lineman, he tweeted just a very simple thing, I don't respect anyone who won't put their name behind what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how I am too. If you're gonna if you're gonna be brave enough to put it out there, you need your name needs to be attached to it. You don't have to necessarily reveal your sources where mm-hmm. you got it from, but at least attach your name to the nonsense you're saying. Yeah. Or if it if it's not nonsense, then attach your name to it still. Yeah, and then like one thing football-wise, I want to throw at y'all because Jeff also threw that out there. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, Super Bowl celebration from the Rams, mm-hmm. but I want, I'm going to put this in the chat, and you guys can take a look. And then, uh, Nate, if you can describe it to the listeners, I'd love to hear if this was Patrick Mahomes or um, if this was Jaheim Allen or if this was... Uh, any of the other quarterbacks of color. And, you know, folks know my tongue's firmly in cheek with Jaheim. But come on. Like, if you, if you see what you see, oh, and this wow. is any of those. Cool. Yeah, wow. So uh, the video is uh, we, had, we had the celebration, and uh, there's a young woman, and uh, she takes a pretty a pretty big tumble. And uh, your man, your man Matt Stafford, I don't know if he learned this on the streets of Detroit, Rich. Mm-mm. <laughs> looks over, looks back, keeps it moving. Like no, <laughs> no move to help. No, like oh, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Matt Stafford is like, mm, nah, I, I ain't seen nothing. And for the record, she fractured her spine. Ooh, wow. Yeah, one of the reporters like quote tweeted is like, yeah, he didn't do anything, and uh, she she fractured that lower spine. It was a wow. photographer, and so wow. yeah. Imagine if that was Lamar. Imagine if that was Patrick Mahomes. Imagine if that was Tyrod. Imagine if Lovey Smith was in the same state. It's like it's it's crazy, and I think that that's the frustration I've always had with this. Rich is there. The NFL seems to be sending out a message, whether they want to or not, and I think they want to. It's that there are certain areas that we will allow black players to flourish. Like, just look how long it took for them to wrap their heads around the idea of a black quarterback. Like, even when Lamar came in, uh, I think it was Bill Poley on ESPN. It's like, yeah, he'll make a good running back someday. It's like, huh, sir? Like, this this man is a quarterback. Uh, And so, like, we've also seen the difference in how Lamar is covered versus how Jaheim Allen is covered. Uh, in in certain instances, uh, but it like Rich when when we know the Rooney Rule doesn't work at least not in the way it was intended, and when you have the NFL literally trying to bribe teams with draft picks mm-hmm. to hire black coaches, and it's still we're only left with three. 
it's like, come on, man. Like y'all don't, y'all are not changing because you don't want to change. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm not 100% sure the Rooney rule is not working the way it was intended to work. Right. Mm. I think that, you know, they, that's like, let's shut these people up and interview some black coaches just to say we did it. I mean, mm. th- that if that Flores... Let's call text, Leslie Frazier again. Right, yeah. If that Flores text doesn't prove anything else, the fact that it got sent to him and... Not the fact to, that he was going in for an interview when the job was already given to somebody yeah. else's, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's very, very questionable. Um, I don't see how that doesn't make it past discovery. Um, I don't see how there's the not... I don't see a settlement not coming from this. I, I just don't see it. Um, just what I know about legalese, I don't see that not happening. I, I do think a settlement is coming. Yeah. Um, it's just me. Uh, Rich, Rich, real quick on, on Flores to kind of wrap this up. Like, What are your thoughts on him personally? Like as a coach, uh, him making this stand because – we know, like it's it's a good chance this brother ain't never gonna coach another NFL game again. Like I hope the resume is good because the USFL might need you, brother. But the way this league is, it might be <laughs> him shutting the door on any future opportunities at the age of forty. Uh, I, I don't even know if he's forty yet, but he's he's still young, uh, so he could be a coach in this league for a long time. But I doubt it's gonna happen because of this uh, suit. So what, what are your thoughts on Flores, the stand he took? Like, did he deserve to be fired in the first place? I think that he didn't deserve to be fired. He didn't need to be in a position where he was in any way judged to be failed because he was a game, two games out from playoffs. He mm-hmm. did what he needed to do, and he had a team that was competitive and beat some quality teams along the way. Ultimately, the question is going to be how much – was the juice worth the squeeze in terms of, like, he didn't want Tua. They wanted, uh, his owner wanted uh, Deshaun, and then after the fact, they made it seem like he wanted Deshaun and they wanted Tua. And so the right. the, 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 the whole, and, the, and then the media, because they want to maintain the access, will shift the sands in the direction of the owner to allow that access to continue. And so it's he's already going up against so much. Why not just say, screw it, let me just sue it. And uh, to Chris's point, like get this to discovery, because as we saw with the John Gruden situation, once that stuff gets out in discovery, someone's leaking something. Mm. Yep. That's the, that's the thing, too, man. Like this, this league got, man, Roger Goodell. Here's the thing. I don't like Roger Goodell, but Roger Goodell is earning his money because there's, there's so much dirt in the NFL when you're talking about the Gruden stuff, when you're talking about the black the hiring policies when it comes to black coaches, when you're talking about everything that went down with Daniel Snyder and the commanders now, uh, like there's so much dirt and Goodell is the shield, in front of the shield. And so, yeah, I don't like Roger Goodell, Rich, but but he earned that check, man. Yeah, easy. I mean, and that's the thing. I believe that Roger Goodell honestly wants these things to happen but he can't he's the he's the shield for the owners he's got to be the one that gets the arrows for them it's them that are having the mistake he you look at the the, the the makeup of the nfl front office his number two is a black man his number three is a black woman like he has done the work but the owners don't want to do the work and it's especially distressing when you consider that the two owners on the diversity committee both have never had a coach of color run their team and that's shot khan and kim pagula 
Yep. Yep. But, but you know, I mean, why hire a black coach when you're Urban Myers right there, Rich? Why? Who would yeah. do such a thing? I mean, it's funny because Shad had a better, more nuanced answer than Tony did when asked that question. He's like, this is a reflection of the society we're in. And so I accept and we have to do more. But as a society, we need to do more because this is bedrock of who we are. And I don't think people want to face that as opposed to I don't think she's a good wrestler. Like that's that's yeah. that's a that was a cop out, yeah. Ooh, I like I like how you brought everything full circle. See, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, that's why when you want to get to the bottom of some of these issues, you bring on wrestling fan sixty nine, because he gonna give you the truth. But Rich, we, we don't want to take up too much of your time, man. You know, you, you got to get back to work, brother. So before we get out of here, any final thoughts, anything else you want to talk about, whether it's Super Bowl, uh, the, the halftime show, which was super black, anything you anything you got thoughts on, man? Oh, no, I, I thank you for the time. If folks want to follow me on Twitter, Rich underscore fan, two ends. I love the halftime show. I give credit to both uh, Eminem for taking the knee when the NFL told him not to, mm-hmm. and for Dre for still saying still not loving the police when the NFL told him not to. And as Bobani Jones mentioned, the one thing that you can't do once those guys get on stage is stop them. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. I mean, I, he, if you ever get a chance to listen to The Right Time with Bomani from last week, uh, right after the Super Bowl, where he talks about uh, someone who stood next to Roger Goodell during Prince's halftime show, where he realized quite quickly Yep, that's a boner when uh, Prince uh, <laughs> pulled out that big old phallic guitar behind the sheet. And it was like, uh, what are you going to do? you going to tackle Prince? He's like 5'5 five, five anyway. Like, <laughs> it ain't going to end well. It ain't going to look good. But, yeah, so it's been a pleasure, brothers. It's always great I mean, to be on with you and Chris. I think Prince would have been a hell of, like, a little slot receiver. Yeah. Like a, a Darren Sproles, Wes Welker type. <laughs> I just want to hear – I just want a Chappelle show – version of like a flag football game over Thanksgiving with Prince. Just like uh, and then just like a little cut move and then he coming past like man like I always loved it when the when the dude was backing down uh uh Charlie Murphy's buddy. He's like, Why are you touching me? Like he's like, Oh right, we ain't the same team. Good game. <laughs> it's mind games book. Again I'll bring it back to a roads. All yes, mind games mind book. Games. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate you Rich like Anytime we get to talk to you, man, whether it's on the Kings of Sport or the NWA podcast, it's always always good times, brother. Uh, again, shout out your socials so we can let the people know where they can get more of this content from, from Rich Fan on these streets. Yeah, absolutely. At Rich underscore fan. Uh, you can also search P- PW Torch and you'll find most of my stuff. I, I usually do a column uh, monthly and then I try to do a couple on the free side where it's like potpourri, like my brain fires in different directions. So I try to fire off a couple of topics like this month's topic, which I guess I'll leave for you guys to discuss with Kings of Sport and you can carry it over to NWA. Uh, there's a dubious distinction that could happen on Saturday with Brock Lesnar that I've been trying to shout from the rooftops in the history of the WWE. There have been four black WWE champions. Brock has beaten three of the four. Mm-hmm. The fourth is Bobby. Mm. If he does it in 20 years, every time we climb that mountain, there's been one giant <laughs> <laughs> abominable snowman waiting to knock us back down. And every single time Brock Lesnar has beaten a back champion, they have not challenged him for a rematch. Nope. Yep. Happy Black History Month, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, hello, Rich Man. The brother does good work. Chris and I have both. Uh, 
crossed, uh, opened up that for Black and Door and done shows over on the Torch with Rich. Yeah. Uh, always, always a good time talking to that brother. Chris, anything you need to uh, get off your chest before you get up out of here this week, man? Um, No, I just, well, when I say no, but why, before I say something, I got to get off my chest. Uh, yes, there's a, there is a, a couple things I got to get off my chest. Um, the first thing is Tony Khan, like I say about Vince McMahon, Tony Khan ain't your friend mm. um, to the wrestlers. He might be friendly with you, but he's got a business to run. We have to understand that. Um, we have to understand the a wrestler's loyalty is to you know themselves. Um, the second thing is the Rams. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Rams fans. Um, I'm you know I think Flores. Um, I, I like the step he's taking with this, you know, even though, um, you know, there's some stuff going on with him that might be questionable. I think ultimately mm-hmm. this is going to be for the betterment of the NFL. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that you, you don't get an accidental text message like that and not take advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? That's just, <laughs> just how it is. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, yeah. You, 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 if you, if, if he, if he sat on this and didn't sue, um, and I found out later that he did that, I'd have more of a problem with it. And where can people find you on social, Chris, if they want more of your thoughts, if they want to argue with you, where can they, where can they find you brother? Okay. Um, so, um, I'm at KMEZ does it, um, as the screen says, um, you can also, I'm actually, I actually did an episode of um, Postmarks where um, I was interviewed um, by, um, why well, the host escaping my name at the moment, but I did an episode of Postmarks um, and we had a very, very enlightened discussion about wrestling and the nuances of being a wrestling fan the cognitive dissonance that goes into being a wrestling fan um and um that was a very very good conversation so um i i, I encourage body everybody to listen to that i think it's on the free the free feed at postwrestling.com so um and it should be up either today or tomorrow so um listen look for that and then, okay. of course, I what think we, it's uh, uh, Neil Flanagan, our man Neil. Yeah, yeah, uh, one of the hosts. It wasn't with Neil. Um, oh, it wasn't Neil. It was. Um, Who was it? No, Neil was the first guest. I'm, I'm, yeah, he was the first guest. Neil was uh, the first guest. The hosts are uh, Bruce Lord and David Myers. Yeah, David Myers. Yeah, Bruce Lord and David Myers, and uh, David lives um, here in LA too. So okay, um, okay. Yeah, so that was a very. So there'll be a lot of traffic talk on that episode. Oh, I don't think we did. We got into the traffic that much. So, David, you go down to four hundred five. I was I was on (laughs) La Hacienda the other day. Yeah, that's easy. That's an easy conversation to kind of lose yourself in in doing a (laughs) podcast, especially with someone else from LA. So I try not to have those traffic conversations on podcasts. You you lived in San Diego, man. You know how it. Yeah, man. Uh, So the only thing I hated about San Diego was the traffic traffic man right yeah yeah that's just the southern california thing you yeah know? It's, <laughs> it is what it is man but um yeah i and i and i do want to like you know i i am looking forward to it for us to do a deeper dive into this um 
Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan um, situation, this Vince McMahon stuff. Because I do think it's interesting. I think mm-hmm. it's a layered discussion um, yeah. because I could totally understand where the, the fans that think, you know, Cody sold sold them out who believed in his vision for AEW, that press conference where he talked about equal pay for wrestlers. Just a couple weeks ago, he was making mm-hmm. fun of the names the stupid names WWE gives talent. Um, and now he's working with them. Um, even if look, 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 Chris Devante yeah. said, I might not get to the mountaintop with you, <laughs> but I'm gonna show yeah. you where it is and then go over here and get this bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I get there, I'm gonna be driving an SUV up it while, <laughs> while y'all cats are, are crawling up that motherfucker. But yeah, so, um, <laughs> It, it is what it is, but I like I said, I understand the layers. Yes, real quick, shout out to Rich Fan for joining us this week. Rich yeah, got to go because look, we we took up all the brothers' lunch break time. He ain't had no snack, no sandwich, nothing. So shout out to Rich Fan for uh, showing up this week. We appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, shout out to you, Chris. Always appreciate you, brother. Glad to see you. You getting better, man. You getting healthier. You getting stronger, brother. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a like I said, this is a journey, man. It's it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be, but it's it's doable, you know. And it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of have to be patient and mm. wait for you you know the 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 training and therapy to do its work. No doubt, no doubt. And for the listeners, like or, or the viewers that are watching, I uh, just want to make sure like this is not a MAGA hat. This is actually a Braves championship hat that my sister got me for Christmas. So I don't want to hear them little comments, man, them little funny comments or whatnot. Uh, I'm not going Kanye out here. Uh, but this is a special episode, y'all. I mean, technically, it's the special episode before the special episode because uh, this is episode 299 of the show. So next month, we're going to be back. You know, we're going to take a couple weeks off. But next month, we're going to be back with the 300th episode of the Kings of Sport podcast. Chris, we we started this joint back in 2013, me, Marcus, and Redacted. We broke it down for the people, <laughs> Chris. Uh, and then uh, next month, we're we going to be celebrating episode 300 with, uh, I'm sure you'll be on the show, and a bunch of friends from over the years are, are going to come back, and we're going to have a good time talking sports, talking pop culture, being being uh, as as unapologetically uh crazy and black as as we always are here on the Kings of Sports. So uh we that's that's on tap for next week. Or excuse me, next month. We ain't we ain't doing the show next week. That's on tap. <laughs> took us long enough to get to this episode. Uh that's on tap for next month. But until then you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Uh follow the show at Cospod K O S underscore P O D Cospod on Twitter. Uh Chris and I have an episode of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates that should be dropping. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this yet. Like, has the schedule been published? But uh, we got, we got an episode coming up soon. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. I don't. I don't want to step on John Away's toes. We got an episode coming out soon with uh, me, Chris, and the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson. Uh, so it's a lot going on. Uh, we we real excited. So uh, hopefully, Chris, as long as we don't end up get going to war with Russia uh, next month, we're gonna be back for episode 300, brother. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> that's a good point too. Cody Rhodes dominates Russia in the news cycle, right? Yeah, co- yeah, that's how we're gonna win the war. Cody just gonna go over there and be like, "Hey guys, 
let's just stop fighting. And they were like, Vladimir gonna be like, you know, Cody, you 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 bring up some very good points. <laughs> we, we have seen how you ended racism in America. You 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 are right, Cody. We should not fight with the Ukraine. <laughs> so uh but yeah that's gonna do it for this episode of the kings of sport appreciate y'all for listening uh if you're listening to the podcast in the future we appreciate y'all for watching for those who watched live today uh we'll be back next month with an all-new episode with the 300th episode of the world's most dangerous sports show the kings of sport podcast so for that good man rich fan for the professor Chris Ely, I am the Godfather, Nate Milton. And look here, Vladimir. Don't pull a thing unless you plan to bang. Don't even bang unless you plan to hit something. It's going to be bombs over Leningrad. Is that, even a city? Is that even a city anymore? Like, I'm not up on my Russian cities. Yeah, I'm not completely up on it either. Like, I know Moscow. Yeah. St. Petersburg. Yeah. I don't know if Leningrad's even a city. <laughs> so <laughs> just don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff, Russia. Right. Cause you've been down with the kings. Peace. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Kings of Sport. Be sure to come back next week for an all-new episode. You can leave feedback for the show on Twitter at KOS underscore POD or via Gmail at thekingsofsport at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and rate us on iTunes and tell a friend. The Kings of Sport is a production of the Mosaic Podcast Network. Whether you like it or not, he's back. D-A-double-D-Y, fat sacks. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to leave it all on the mat. Because that's what I do when I get it done so I can do it. Yeah! What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?